Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The stupidity knows no bounds. That's right. Here we are. We're nine months into the COVID-19 hysteria, at least. And uh, government and law enforcement keep getting dumber. And that made it easier to cut through the post-inauguration garbage to find this week's uh, winner. And now it's time for the Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Well, I could make this easy on myself and just give this award to the big guy for the next 52 weeks. Um, I'm sure he'll qualify every week for it, but he made a contribution by saying we were going to be wearing masks for the next 100 days, uh, at least in federal buildings, which, of course, he didn't do because 10 minutes after he announced that, he was seen walking around the Lincoln Memorial without a mask. So that, that could have qualified him. But we left the country to find this week's winner. That would be Doug Ford. You may not have heard of him, but he's the premier of Ontario, same as a governor. And he's the man responsible for the Reopening Ontario Act. Now, we told you a couple of days ago about a woman in Simcoe, Ontario. She was fined $880 for dropping her kids off at her in-laws while she went shopping. That's right. In Ontario, that is against the law if it means you end up with too many people in the house, which, of course, uh, happened there. And, of course, for it to work... Someone has to rat on you, which one of the neighbors was nice enough to do. But there is a long list of stupid stories coming from the enforcement of this stupid law. I could actually fill the show today with the stories that I saw. This is a headline in the Toronto Sun from a couple of days ago. Cops bare teeth in enforcing Ontario lockdown rules. This is taken right from the website. It says here, a homeowner has been charged after Durham Regional Police were alerted to a large outdoor gathering in Whitby. A small crowd of kids, coaches, and parents were at a backyard skating rink last week for hockey practice. Everybody has a backyard rink in defiance of the outdoor limit set for COVID safety. At the time, that limit was 10 people. Within a few days, that limit had, dro- had dropped to five once the province enacted stay-at-home orders and a new lockdown. So 10 was too many. And then it was down to five. You can't have more than five people in any gathering at any time. This is just insane. Uh, and then uh, Durham Radio News reported the homeowner was charged under the Reopening Ontario Act and was issued a summons. And if that's not horrifying enough, listen to this. Quote, those in attendance were not properly distanced from one another, according to police. That's right. The province of Ontario has police counting people playing hockey in backyard rinks, and, of course, measuring the distance between them. And according to the story, the cops in Durham have issued multiple tickets and laid multiple charges under the Emergency Management and Civil Protection Act and the Quarantine Act. How do you like all those acts, huh? How scary does that sound? Provincial officials said 50 inspectors were out during the weekend blitz to ensure distancing and mask compliance. There were violations in 31 of 110 store stores. And, and, and here's the money quote from Minister Monty McNaughton. Talk about a Canadian name. Monty McNaughton, eh? Anyway, it's a, this is what he said. Quote, it is a privilege for any business to be open and serving the people of Ontario right now. Our big box blitz has inspectors visiting stores like Walmart and Walmart and Costco to make sure they're operating at reduced capacity and keeping workers and customers safe. There's that word safe again. If these corporations don't step up, we will close them down. How about that? That's what he said. And uh, that's what you're dealing with. That's a privilege, a privilege to operate your business. And according to the story, corporate fines can reach into the millions of dollars. And it says the ministry intends to hire an additional 100 health and safety inspectors. That's what's going on just a few hours north of here. 
and the person in charge is Doug Ford, and he is this week's Windows R Us Jerk of the Week. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. And when we come back, uh, speaking of jerks, Nancy with the smiling face says that she's going ahead with impeachment and will deliver the articles or article, whatever it is, to the Senate. We're going to talk to an expert on what that means and where it could be headed when we come back. Stick around. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through dollar bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial, aluminum, wood, and composite. And to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this show. Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers who are making buying decisions for the new year. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com surroundpittsburgh.com connecting you with new customers if you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors you must try genesis 950 the reviews are amazing as this is one product that actually works with water it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding it can be used in a carpet cleaning machine and it's green so it's safe for your family and pets genesis 950 is made in america if you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and a $10 coupon using code PETS. Genesis950.com. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis 950, much cheaper than replacing your carpets. As life gets back to normal and we start heading back to work, don't leave your leftover stash of toilet paper exposed to rodents. Send them packing the most humane way with plug-in pest-free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-in Pest-Free, the electromagnetic device that utilises the active wiring in your home or business to keep rodents and pests away. 100% chemical-free and environmentally friendly. Just plug it in. It's that simple. My strongest performer, the Pro Unit, is good for most homes and small businesses up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. Is your home or business protected? If not, order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. 
Now so much for unity. Nancy with the smiling face is going for a conviction. Donald Trump has already been impeached twice. Uh, The first one went nowhere. Nancy is sending the article to the Senate on Monday. So now what? Zach Smith is a legal fellow at the Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. He joins us now. Thanks for coming on again, Zach. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks so much for having me on, John. Good to be here. So, uh, good. So, um, what will the charge uh, be that uh, she's dropping off at the Senate? Or the, I guess that's how it works, right? They have the big the production when they did it the last time where they walked in there with the articles. Well, it's basically relating to the president's conduct, uh, you know, on January 6th when the, the crowd from the White House marched to the Capitol building. And, you know, obviously we all know what, what happened then. Well, basically the, the impeachment, the article of impeachment is charging the president with uh, more or less inciting the crowd and acting inappropriately in relation to, to what happened on January 6th. Uh, incitement of insurrection? I guess that's uh, I guess that's the uh, is that the would that be the official term, something like that. It, it, legally, that that would be the legal charge, the crime. If he was going to be charged with a crime, but you know, okay. just like we we learned through the last impeachment, you know, <clears throat> you don't have to have necessarily committed a crime in order to be impeached, and so that yeah. would certainly seem to be be the case here. So um, President Trump told them to. A quote from the speech was, protest peacefully and patriotically. That seems like a pretty good defense against being accused of inciting the riot or insurrect. Well, I certainly imagine that will be one of the things that the president's lawyers highlight. But, you know, really one of the more interesting questions we're seeing playing out right now, John, is the question of whether the Senate even has the jurisdiction to hear a trial. You know, we've never had a situation in our country's history before uh, where a former president, someone who's no longer in office, uh, will face a Senate trial. And so right now, uh, today, and I suspect over the the weekend as well, a lot of the debate is really focusing on whether the Senate can even hear these articles of impeachment that the House has sent over to them. So um, um, who's going to determine whether it can be? Is it is it is the Supreme Court going to have to jump in? I mean, who's so, it has to be challenged by by the Trump team, right? I, I the, have know, no the, doubt the jurisdiction. Will, yeah, I have no no doubt it will be challenged by them. But at the end of the day, it's really going to be the Senate itself that will decide whether or not it can can conduct this trial. Uh, you know, we've already seen some senators come out say that that they don't think the Senate has jurisdiction. Uh, We've seen a letter released today by 150 law professors or so saying they thought the Senate did have jurisdiction. Uh, And, you know, really the only other time that our country faced anything like this uh, was in the 1870s when uh, Ulysses Grant's Secretary of War, William Belknap, uh, was going to be impeached. He resigned, uh, but the House went ahead and impeached him. And the Senate in that case uh, did hold a trial, but they didn't convict him. Uh, and since then, it seems like uh, the practice, at least, of the House and the Senate has not been, has been to not impeach someone or not to hold a trial uh, if that person uh, does, in fact, resign. So this will certainly be, a, be a, a fierce debate, an interesting debate, and really a, a very uh, an important uh, precedent-setting debate uh, for how these impeachments and trials will be conducted going forward. Well, the, the the vote in the in the Senate is uh, on whether to um, uh, hold a trial is going to be awfully close. If they if they go along party lines, it could be fifty fifty. Um, what? Uh, but uh, still, at some point, if if the Senate if if the Senate says uh, votes, yeah, we have the jurisdiction here. Can the Trump team still say hey, well, we're not we don't we don't buy that and and we want to and and I don't know what do they do file a suit? Do they do they yell for the Supreme Court to rescue them? What do they do? You know, they probably, they can file a suit, but I doubt uh, the federal courts or or the Supreme Court would hear it uh, because traditionally, you know, these have been viewed as political questions, something for the the political body like the Senate to determine. But, you know, it, it could be an interesting situation if the Senate decides they do have the jurisdiction to hear the trial you know, remember, to convict somebody, uh, two-thirds of senators have to agree. Right. And so what 
So what happened in the 1870s with William Belknap, even though the Senate conducted a trial in that case, uh, a lot of senators voted not to convict uh, because they didn't think they had jurisdiction. Uh, and so even if the trial is conducted here, you know, it's very likely we could see something uh, similar uh, playing out. So let's say that they convict. It goes all the way to the end, and there's a there's a trial and testimony. And uh, first of all, I mean, that, that could, could be a long process, I would guess. And then uh, suppose they convict. Then what? What happens to Donald Trump? So if someone's impeached and is convicted at the trial in the Senate, uh, then the Senate uh, takes a second vote. There's a second vote, essentially, on whether or not to bar that person from ever holding federal office again. Uh, and just because someone is convicted does not mean uh, that they have to be barred from future federal office. You know, look at Congressman Al C. Hastings uh, from Florida. He's a former federal judge who was uh, impeached and convicted by the Senate and removed from office, uh, from being a federal judge. But because the Senate did not bar him from holding future federal office, uh, he was free to run for Congress, and he's you know, been a member of Congress for many, many years at this point. <laughs> and, of course, uh, so, the people voted for him. <laughs> right, right. They voted, they, right, they voted yeah. for him after he was convicted of bribery or whatever it was. Uh, right, Ma- many, um, many times. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, if, so, if so, President Trump is convicted, then, then the next debate would be whether or not he should be barred uh, from holding federal office again in the future. Well, is that the worst thing that could happen to him if convicted, barred from future office? Or, I mean, could they be marching him off in handcuffs? Not through the impeachment process. Now, you know, he's no longer in office, uh, so he is, you know, any um, not all, but some of the immunities he enjoyed uh, while he was a president from criminal prosecution uh, have gone away. So he wouldn't be marched off in handcuffs or sent to jail or anything as a result of any action that the, the Senate takes from the impeachment trial, uh, but he could face potential criminal prosecution, you know, through the regular courts of law at either the federal or uh, state levels uh, going forward. It seems like it's all about just revenge. Not, if not revenge, it's just the, these, the hatred for him is just so intense and deep that uh, they can't even enjoy the fact that, that he's gone. They, they have to just, you know, instead of just letting him go, it's, it's unbelievable what they're doing. Um, and we're talking to Zach Smith. He's a legal fellow at the Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. So is what he said... Again, we're you know if we're in a if we're in a trial, is what he said protected speech? Well, I think that's certainly the the million dollar question right now, John. Um, you know, obviously uh, the members of that the House of Representatives uh, who voted to impeach him uh, thought he acted inappropriately uh, and you know voted to impeach him. Others have argued that. You know, even if the president acted unwisely, uh, it didn't level, rise to the level of an impeachable offense or it didn't rise uh, certainly to the level of a, a criminal offense. And so really, I think what we're going to see uh, on Monday, starting Monday of next week, as this trial process begins and gets kicked off, is that debate playing out in the Senate. And you know, ultimately, it'll be up to the, the 100 senators to decide uh, that question. Now, does, does Donald Trump, if he wants to, can he show up in the Senate to defend himself? Can he testify he, he's, for himself? He's, uh, he certainly could. You know, in some ways, that would be, uh, again, something uh, unprecedented in some ways, something we haven't seen in a very, very long time. Uh, the impeached official actually sitting in the well of the Senate uh, while the Senate considers the charges. You know, another interesting open question, John, is whether or not the Chief Justice will preside over the trial. The Constitution requires that the Chief Justice presides over the trial of uh, of a president who's been impeached. Well, since Donald Trump is no longer a president, does the Chief Justice have to preside? And so all of these issues are, are having to be worked out right now because, again, this is such such an unprecedented situation uh, that we're, we're facing as a nation. Well, speaking of precedent, um, if if a politician can be impeached in hindsight for having encouraged people to break the law, what's to prevent someone from being convicted five years after leaving office? I mean, you could find out things 
down the road that a, that a president may have done or could be suspected of doing, and they could come knocking on his door a year later and say, by the way, uh, you're, you're, first of all, you're, we impeached you, and now you're going to be on trial. What about that precedent? I think it sets a very dangerous precedent in a lot of ways. And, you know, I think for that's one of the reasons we've seen the Senate and the House uh, for many, many years, since the 1870s, essentially, uh, say, look, if somebody resigns from office, uh, we're not going to move forward with impeachment or we're not going to move forward with the trial. And if that person has committed a crime or done anything inappropriate, that's an issue for, for you know, federal prosecutors, state prosecutors and the court systems to work out. Uh, we're not going to get involved in that. And so I do think, you know, kind of taking the longer term view, uh, this could be setting a very dangerous, very damaging precedent. Uh, you know, we've already seen articles of impeachment filed against Joe Biden here in the past several days, uh, kind of as a result of the snap impeachment of President Trump. Uh, so, you know, I think uh, I think folks really need to, to stop and think about the constitutional precedents they're setting with a lot of these actions. Um, so uh, you and you mentioned that the Supreme Court, uh, the, the chief justice is supposed to be the person presiding at this. Um, right. Uh, what if, well, what if justice? Yeah, sure. if, if it's the president, right? So that's uh, right. What if? Yeah, but he's not the president, so anymore. So what? What happens if Justice Roberts says, "Hey, look, uh, it says right here that I'm supposed to do this if it's the president of the United States." He's not the president of the United States anymore. What happens if he says, well, I'm, "I'm I'm don't I don't feel like I have the uh, the power to be in place here." Well, typically for other officials who are who are, have been impeached and are being tried by the Senate, it's the vice president uh, who also serves as the president of the Senate that presides. So presumably, if uh, Chief Justice Roberts says, you know, he's not going to preside, doesn't think he has the authority to, to preside, uh, then typically it would be the vice president, who in this case would be uh, Kamala Harris. And, you know, the certainly the prosecutor. Uh, she she was she was uh, for, for many years uh, the district attorney in San Francisco, the attorney general of California. Uh, but you know, again, that is uh, uh, potentially a troubling sight. Seeing uh, you know a, a former opponent uh, of President Trump uh, presiding over uh, his trial, and you know, I think that was one of the reasons that it was decided the chief justice would preside over impeachment trials of the Senate uh, to avoid you know even the appearance of a conflict of interest or the appearance that a, a political rival uh, could be benefiting from these impeachment proceedings. Uh, did President Trump break the law when he told Mike Pence to reject the Electoral College votes? Well, that's certainly something uh, that, it, that is being hotly debated right now. You know, obviously, we, we've heard different legal opinions. Uh, uh, Vice President Pence came to the conclusion that he did not have the authority uh, to take that action. Uh, and he did ratify the, the Electoral College vote uh, at the Capitol after things kind of calmed down there. Um, you know, all of this is being debated, uh, you know, certainly uh, timely, important topics. But, you know, I think it's very important right now, again, that people stop and think about the precedent that they're setting, both with the impeachment and the trial, because not only uh, will these uh, procedures be applied to Donald Trump, but what they're really doing is setting a precedent uh, for the future. And so it certainly opens up uh, troubling possibilities uh, for future presidents being impeached, uh, future presidents or other uh, cabinet-level officials uh, to be impeached quickly and tried in the Senate. And so I do think it's important that everyone you know, kind of steps back, looks at the facts, and at least engages in a thoughtful, deliberative process. Yeah, you said the word thoughtful, thoughtful there, Zach. I don't think there's a lot of thoughtfulness going on down there right now. Um, uh, we're finishing up with Zach Smith, uh, a legal fellow at the Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. Any predictions on what's going to happen? No predictions. Well, you know, if, if last year taught me anything, 2020, it's uh, the only prediction I can make is <laughs> I'm not very good at making predictions. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you know, I think it will start – It'll certainly be a, a fascinating process, an important process to watch play out. And, you know, next week we're all going to uh, become very familiar with Senate procedures, I think. Yeah, it's, and, you know, they, 
it's it's amazing that they're going to go back and do this again. Hey, uh, Zach, I appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. You really uh, answered some questions there that I think a lot of people have on this amazing stupidity. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. That's Zach Smith of the Judicial, I'm sorry, the Heritage Foundation. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Republicans have pushed a proposed pro-life amendment to the Kansas Constitution through the State House on the 48th anniversary of the U.S. Supreme Court's historic decision protecting abortion rights. The measure was approved on an 86-38 vote. It goes next to the Kansas Senate for debate possibly next week. The Biden administration has suspended new oil and gas leasing and drilling permits on U.S. lands and waters for 60 days. As officials move to reverse the energy and environmental policies of the Trump administration. Lloyd J. Austin, a 41-year career military veteran, has won Senate confirmation to become the nation's first black secretary of defense. Stocks struggling to a mixed finish on Wall Street. The Dow dropped 179 points. The Nasdaq gained a dozen and the S&P dropped 11. This is SRN News. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than six, and it should not be given to children six to less than eighteen. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on Linzess and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Jay doesn't see due process. The way it went down, the way it was handled, no witnesses, the no hearing, nothing. Just impeach. You've, you've got to give uh, whoever you are targeting due process of law, Jay. You've got to give the opportunity for the process of regular order to take place. And that is not what happened in the House of Representatives with respect to this impeachment. Jay Sekulow, live, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, at AM 1250. The answer. Still paying outrageous premiums for your health insurance, or maybe you settled with a ministry plan, some short-term medical or limited benefit plan that lacks the coverage you need? This is John Stagerwald from my friends at Marley Financial. And every agency offers the same stuff, well, except Marley Financial. Marley Financial now offers a unique ACA clone that looks, feels, and most importantly, acts just like a Blue Cross plan. In fact, it's even better. You can go to any hospital or facility anywhere in the country. They'll actually waive your deductible for inpatient and surgery. Does your plan do that? Plus, they can customize your plan to reduce your costs for the rest of your life. Contact Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. You don't have to wait until open enrollment, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. Nobody does health insurance like Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. They came from every corner of the country, from small towns and big cities. But they all shared one thing in common. They belonged to a family called Marines. A tough and determined few dedicated to protecting everything we hold sacred. And still, they come. Celebrate the history of those proud few who have earned the title Marine. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. 
We're looking at lots of Friday delays on the outbound Parkway East, especially. It's all clogged up from Bait Street up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, about a six-minute delay. Inbound side, that's actually not too bad at the moment. Parkway West looking a little busy inbound between 19 and the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Look out for an accident in Coriopolis, Montour Street at 5th Avenue. Also a crash in the Overbrook Area 51 near Overbrook Boulevard. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. Look for cloudy skies this evening, breezy with a low of 18, partly sunny tomorrow with a couple of flurries and a high of 26, then partly cloudy Saturday night, low 18. Sunday will have some sunshine, then turning cloudy with flurries in the afternoon and a high of 30, then we'll have icy conditions Sunday night. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Holly Holdren. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Hey, uh, and if you've been able to watch it long enough without throwing up, you've had to notice that the tone of the media has uh, changed quite a bit since Wednesday. Uh, the slobbering only figures to get worse until the big guy is found wandering around the White House grounds in his boxer shorts. Ken Lacour is the uh, he's the founder of Media Action Network, and he joins us now. Good to have you on again, Ken. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. So uh, you have a tough job. You're required, I guess, to uh, to watch the media's political <laughs> coverage. Have the last few days been especially painful for you? Oh, it kind of reminds me of the, to the good old days of, of the Barack Obama administration when the press was dutiful note takers and, and, uh, you know, would say how good looking and how smart he was. Same, same thing happened here. No, no surprise, but, um, but it's just, you know, another reminder that the press in America isn't what it was even six or seven years ago. They're not even pretending to be kind of the referees in the game of politics. They're, you know, they're definitely players, and they're, they're playing almost exclusively on one side. And they have no shame. I mean, I, I, I know it was bad during the Obama years, but some of the stuff that's been going on in the last few days, they, there's, they just, they, they, they're, 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 it's impossible to embarrass themselves. With, with yeah, look, they, they whipped themselves bias. into a into a fever with with Trump, and they became convinced that they were the final you know the final line between a a Hitler Trump and an America and and they threw every type of of journalistic standard out the window they threw out the concept of let's have any kind of balance they threw out the concept of 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 intellectual honesty and 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 that came from the very you know, papers that were always liberal but but were great i mean the new york times through most of our lives was always leaned left but they, they were a smart and, and serious newspaper. Now they've, they've gone into the tank with everyone else because they threw out the concept of objectivity and honesty to achieve political ends. And, and they're all about that now. Now you're, with the, uh, you're the founder of the Media Action Network. Uh, where can people find you? And uh, what's, the, uh, what's the job description or, the, or the, what's the so look, goal I, of I, Media Action Network? Sure, sure. So I worked at, at Fox News for almost 20 years. I ran the dot-com there for about 10 years. I was very tight with, uh, with the CEO, Roger Ailes. When he got shown the door, I was shown the door pretty, pretty shortly afterwards. And I'm now into the world of, of saying we who are conservatives are, are, are not even being heard in today's mass media. And so I, I, I started this group about six months ago to say, look, our goal here is to do a couple things, and the overall goal is to kind of balance off that media. And, and, and instead of us just complaining and, and, and bitching every time we see them doing these awful things, which they do hourly, on, <laughs> as you know, because you have to watch the news too, right. uh, we can actually get, get and do something. So, so we, we both continue to point out the hypocrisy of them pretending to be journalists and, and acting as political activists. We come to the defense a lot, and sometimes it's psychological, sometimes it's money, sometimes it's helping people find jobs who've been canceled or, or, or censored or slandered by the media. And then our long-range goal is really to, to build up a position so we don't have to have the liberal media be 80% of today's media. Let's, let's get that 50-50, and especially in the online world 
where where the game of censorship is now the, the primary way that they're they're winning which we don't like your website so we're going to take away your servers or we'll take away your payment processors or we'll bop you off of all of our social media platforms the, the censorship game is full-throated and we're helping to build up the alternative ecosphere out here and how has it been going for you? If you, you say you've been only uh, at it for six months, is it uh, you? Well, I've been success? I've been killed off of face I've been killed off of Facebook, uh, uh, warned off of Twitter. Um, we've got about a uh, little under a hundred thousand people who follow us on our daily newsletter. So what we do is is we send out you know we went old school you know the, the guys like you and me who know what dial up is and right. and every day we shoot out a uh, an email that both says hey here's what's going on in the media world. And then here's something you can do, and, and, and the censorship world, and here's something you can do to, to, to combat it. So sometimes that's send somebody a letter. Sometimes that's, hey, let's contribute to this, this person's legal defense fund. Uh, next week, we're, we're actually taking it to, uh, to Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, um, they decided because Mike Lindell, the CEO of MyPillow, was too strong right. of a supporter of, of Trump and said things that they felt went overboard that they're yanking his pillows and all his all of his uh his stuff from bed bath and beyond nationwide and we're starting a a basket boycott campaign that will have people they're going to go they're going to fill up their baskets of goods in in uh in bed bath and beyond and if they can't find a my pillow there they will they will politely leave those and a note to them saying maybe stay out of politics and stop using you know using pillows to smother free speech in america yeah, you know, it used to be a it used to be a bad idea for businesses um, to wear their politics on their sleeves, um, and and in both cases you have Mike you have you have uh, Mike Lindell who did that and he's now paying a price for it. But then Bed Bath and Beyond is also a business, and there are seventy five million people out there who have beds and bathrooms who voted for Trump. And why it's just it doesn't make any sense that people are doing this because you can't win. You know, and it, it, it you know, sometimes I see it working for certain companies that, you know, Nike does it. OK, we have a you know, we know that Black Lives Matter is going to be a huge part, by, uh, hugely supported by the people who buy Nike shoes. And, yeah. and so sometimes you see it successful. But look, if it wasn't just so routinely used by one side of the political spectrum to keep smashing the other. Um, um, and, and, and we've just lived through four years of that. It's like, you know, and I hate to get too partisan over it, but it's like the, the, the liberals can say, you know, I mean, we spent two years of them talking about Donald Trump peeing on a bed and Russia gate and, and he needs to be taken out by the 25th amendment and so much crazy nonsense without saying, Hey, let's let's boycott every movie uh, Robert De Niro is because he keeps saying he wants to punch the president in the face, right, or right. or Madonna dreaming about blowing up the White House, or or comedians with with severed heads that look like him, or CNN sponsoring uh, through Time Warner a play that showed in Central Park, uh, you know, a Donald Trump lookalike being being stabbed to death in in, in their play, and and it's like. One side has just kept doing it, doing it, doing it, and it's like, I hate to play that game, but if we don't start fighting fire with fire on this, we're getting to a point where you can't have conservative thoughts without fear of losing your job, of losing your, you know, I, I, I can't see any of my old friends from high school anymore on Facebook. I can live with that. But that's, that's a dangerous part for a democracy to stand through, and if we don't start punching them back, we're going to have a very one-sided debate in this country, and that's that's when bad things happen. When you squelch out the thoughts and and the beliefs from from uh, from people in the political sphere. We're talking to Ken Lacourt. He's the founder of Media Action Network, uh, and you used to work at Fox, as you said. There was a major shakeup there a week or so ago. Was that just normal readjusting, or was that a reaction to ratings and people being upset with their election coverage? You know, I mean, certainly, um, and I have mixed views on that. I, I don't know 100% exactly what drove them to, to do those certain, those, some of those firings. Uh, I know that one of them was that the guy was somewhat, I don't know if he was running the division, but he was somewhat responsible for that early call in Arizona, which, which bothered a lot of people because um, it was, you know, they, they certainly jumped the gun. Chris you know, Starwalk, people who hold Fox, 
Yeah, Starwell. Yeah. Um, people hold Fox to a high standard, and conservatives do, and, and I think that's a fair thing. I mean, it's like it's the only major conservative TV, TV channel right now, TV uh, 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 news channel right now. And so I get why conservatives say, hey, if, if we lose them, we've got a problem. Although there's some others starting to come up to the right of them. Um, you know, sometimes I think those, uh, those complaints are overblown. I mean, I still look at Fox News's primetime lineup, and it's as conservative, more conservative than it's ever been. I mean, you know, we used to have Hannity and Cole. We used to have Greta Van Susteren, who was a great person and, and a fair woman, but no conservative. And now that's a pretty conservative lineup in the, in the afternoon. But we're also in a hyper-partisan time, and, and Fox News is certainly not 100% on, on conservative side, and which you, know, you, you may or may not want as a, as a viewer of, of news. You, know, you, you want them, but they've made some mistakes. They've, uh, they, they, they sometimes just follow along the, the liberal narrative on some stories, and, and I find myself rolling my eyes. You know, I don't like looking at Donna Brazil talk, talking about the debate when I know that she was the woman who, who you know, gave the debate right. questions ahead of time, cheating to, to Hillary Clinton. So, you know, they, they've bobbled some. You know, I still think they're the best channel on TV, even though they, even though they bounced me out. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things I noticed, I, I, the only thing, uh, um, the only show that I now watch still regularly is Tucker Carlson. Um, and one of the things I've noticed from him, and I still, I think he's the best person on television. He's a, he's a genius, but, I but I, uh, he used to have people on and debate them. He doesn't do that anymore. He very rarely has. Uh, a liberal or on to, to and and you know try to beat him up, which I kind of enjoy. Yeah, he doesn't I, do that anymore. Yeah, you know, I, I I don't watch it while it's live. I usually watch like a a clip on on TV. So I usually watch yeah. just his opening monologues, which are yeah annoyingly good. I mean, you know, I see right. most people in their jobs. And I'm like, I could do that, or I could say that. Yeah. And, I, and then I watch a Tucker Carlson, I watch yeah. a Tucker Carlson monologue, and I'm like, that bastard is so good, <laughs> and yeah, he, he right. distinctly pulls these points together and he's right and so um here's the other thing yeah. uh if i can interrupt you there ken the other thing about him, and, I, and i teach a course at waynesburg university here in pennsylvania uh trying to i'm kind of a coach for for uh students who are trying to be on television read a teleprompter oh, write for tv um uh -huh. you, you sometimes you find you often find somebody whose whose ideas are really good but they're not very good at expressing them, or they're or they're yeah. good performers on TV, but their ideas are kind of wacky. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. He, there, it's not possible. I can't think of anybody who's better at reading a teleprompter and not seeming like he's reading a teleprompter than Tucker Carlson. And there's an art to that. I worked in TV for 20 years, 30 years, and I I know I read a teleprompter, and it's hard. And he's unbelievably good just at that. He, you think he's talking to you, but he's actually reading to you. You know, it, it's, I, I think a, a lot of that is, is certainly skill, and, and, he, and he's, a, he's a crazy smart guy. But a lot of it's also just authenticity. It's like I, I know Tucker, and, and when he and I are talking about issues off TV, he, he has that same energy in his voice. He has that same passion that you hear coming yeah. through. Uh, Roger Ailes always used to tell uh, you know, the anchors and people, he's like, you have to be authentic. Uh, that, that TV, especially cable, kind of strips away a lot of a lot of the veneer on that, and most people are can't can't pretend to be that authentic. And and if that's what you believe and that's what you are, that'll that'll pop out. And I and I think he's helped by that. He's not making things yeah. up. He's not he's not yeah yeah yeah. I, I got the rubes going, and now I'm now yeah. I'm going off with my uh, different class, and we're laughing at the at the stuff. He he believes what he says. He's scared about the country right now. And, and and he's authentic. Yeah, there's no the authentic's the best word I can think of too. And that's and if you want to be good in TV and go anywhere in TV, it's pretty hard to do it if you're not have some kind of authenticity or at least be able to if I can, if it's possible to fake authenticity, which some people are pretty good. You at can, doing. but you have to um, be really really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the more interesting media moments this week was uh, Shepard Smith, who no, who now works at CNBC. Uh, he was uh -huh. trying, I guess he was on PBS. Here's the quote. 
I don't know how some people sleep at night because I know that there are a lot of people who have propagated the lies and have pushed them forward over and over again who are smart enough and educated enough to know better. So he said that he had to block it out all the lies that he heard while he was there. While he was making lots of money, he was he was okay with that. But um, what what's your reaction to what he said? You know, I worked with Shepard for probably 18 years, not not tied in, but I, I saw all yeah. his things. And, and in some ways, he's, you know, one breaking news situation. He's just whip smart and he's he's well, very, he's, really he's good very good. Yeah. Um, he's an ass. Uh, he's not a really great guy. He kind of became one of those. He was always liberal and, and that was fine. I mean, nobody really cared. Yeah. Um, um, but it, but he would be one of these ones that he he then started to view himself as the resistance within Fox. And so he's this, you know, he's the, the moral authority and everybody else at Fox with these conservatives who are twisting the truth and this and that. And he'd yell about they shouldn't give their opinion on TV. And then he'd look at the camera and then he'd be like, and, you know, if you're not supporting gay rights, you're you're on the wrong side of history. I mean, he would he would right. just kind of puke his liberal stuff in there as he was getting mad at other people for putting an opinion. So I, I, I think it got him a little nutty. Um, um, and, and, you know, he just literally viewed himself as surrounded by enemy. I mean, you've seen the type of people in, in life. They, they get, they get so much into politics that they can't come to the conclusion that you as having a different political opinion, you know, you can have a, you can have a bad political opinion. And then they, when they get too much into it, it's, it's like, you know, John, it's not that you have a bad political opinion. You're a bad person. Yeah, and, that's and, the and, big and that's of course where, where kind of woke debating goes. It goes from, you know, your opinion is bad to you're bad to don't talk to me to don't talk to anybody. And we're banning you off of Twitter. I mean, that's kind of how we see the, the, the progression of it. And, and Shepard uh, cared a lot about that. And, uh, um, you know, I'm glad he's gone. Um, yeah. He, I just, well, not, 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 not a big fan. Yeah, he's as good as anybody I've ever seen at, at doing live television. Oh yeah! Look, uh, and, he's he's smart, and and you see a car chase, which is probably one of the hardest things for a an anchor to to talk about because there's so little information going up, and you, you know for for twenty minutes you have to follow a car that that, that you don't know anything about usually, and and you know, things like that or storms or this or that. It was great. Anything that got anywhere close to politics, and you know he turned into his own private Joan of Arc. I think. And, uh, and um, I think Harris Faulkner is the best anchor they have right now. She's she's spectacularly good, I think. Um, you know, I haven't watched a whole concerned. I haven't watched a whole lot of her. She's been around for a while, and, and she was always pretty solid. Um, um, so so yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I, I'm also a big personal fan of Trace Gallagher, who um, who I just think is a is a very sharp sharp guy and brings yeah you know brings. A point of view of Fox, but does it in a very fair way. And that's not an easy thing necessarily to do, to say, hey, we're right. looking at life a little bit differently than everybody else you're going to see on TV, but at the same time still being fair, still being balanced. We used to have that as our slogan there. And, 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 and you know, looking at things differently, but looking at them intellectually honestly. Well, he's doing a, he's doing a news segment in the middle mm-hmm. of a, an opinion show which is, you know, kind of a balancing act in its, of its own. Right, right. Um, now, i got about a minute left. Um, uh, let, tell people where, how they can find you at Media Action Network and, and maybe what uh, they can do to help you do what you're trying to accomplish. So it's, it's, it's really it's a long URL. It's MediaActionNetwork.com. And, and when you go there, we, there's, a, there's a big picture of a boxer. We're, we're, we're you know, 50 there, a picture of a boxer. We're, we're punching back at this, and we're actually offering people a way to be a, a digital warrior and to be able to actually change this. You know, the fourth estate used to be a big part of, 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 of our government and our country, and it's, and it's gone off the rails until we get some balance back there. So when you get there, it's obvious. We want you to jump onto that, that newsletter, and, and we will get a hold of you every morning and say, hey, Here's our, our point of view. Here's what we're looking at. And if you want to dig in and help out in a smaller, large way, here's your opportunity to, to, to get, get involved in the fight as opposed to standing on the sidelines. Well, you're going to have a busy four years, at least. Uh, I'm thinking maybe six months of that might be with Joe Biden as president, and then uh, after that, Kamala Harris. But we'll see where that goes. Uh, I appreciate probably, you coming on. Okay. That. I'm, I'm praying for his safety and his health and his, and his, and his, and his, and his, and his continued, continued marbles. 
<laughs> yeah, oh, it's going to be fun to watch. Hey, Ken, well, I'd like to have you on again. I really uh, enjoy having you on. Thanks. Anytime. Thanks, John. Have a great one. All right, that's Ken LaCourt, and it's MediaActionNetwork.com. We'll be right back. By now, you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape. Made in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a standard queen premium MyPillow for $29.98. Originally $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen premium, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Henry Aaron died today, 86 years old, the real home run king. Uh, and uh, I have a quick story to tell you. hope I have enough time to get it in. You know, he talks a lot about how tough it was, and everybody talks a lot about how tough it was for him in his uh, uh, run for the, for the home run record, uh, the racism he had to put up with. So uh, I was working for a minor league baseball team, and uh, every, every, every team that spring of 75 had a poster of Henry Aaron's hitting his home run uh, the, the previous season up on the wall. And I was in there one day uh, as a minor league affiliate of the Giants, and I was standing next, I just happened to be in the office standing next to the picture, and the roving pitching instructor for the Giants, a guy who would come around and work with minor league pitchers and, you know, go from one minor league team to another, and he happened to be visiting uh, where I was in Lafayette, Louisiana, which is where I was working. And we were standing next to this picture. And this guy walks up and he says, out of nowhere, unsolicited, somebody should have taken a high-powered rifle and shot that effing N-word in the head. That's what he said. He was a coach. And he later became a pitching coach in the big leagues. So that gives you an idea of what kind of a climate Henry Aaron was working in when he broke Babe Ruth's record of 714 home runs. That's uh, that's a story that's always stuck with me, and I thought about it today when I heard that he died. They got, I've never heard anybody say a bad word about the guy. Henry Aaron, dead at 86. Rest in peace. Thanks to Mike, thanks to Darren, and I will talk to you on Monday. Bye. John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.